welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast, where we take your questions from Sunday's teachings in order to form a dialogue about the scriptures and what God is teaching each and every one of us. Well, welcome back to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. Today is Sunday, September 4th, and today we start our Nehemiah series, our fall teaching series. We'll be in Nehemiah for the next 11 weeks as we walk through the book of Nehemiah, which is really Nehemiah's journal. It's his It's his report of the, the rebuilding work that he is on in this post-exilic period under Persian rule and, uh, and about 400 years before Jesus uh, arrives on the scene. Uh, and, and so uh, we we're chapter one, verses one through 11 this morning. Got some really good questions, some deep questions, some vulnerable questions here this morning. Love getting to chat through these things here uh, with you and to get today with uh, Mariah Cooper. So Mariah's... Hello, everybody. Hello, Mariah on the podcast. All right, Mariah, for those who don't know you, mm. although the Cooper clan is pretty infamous. Well, no, I feel like this comes up the other times I've been on the podcast. <laughs> who doesn't know you, Mariah? Who doesn't know Mariah Cooper? <laughs> Mariah, tell us the nitty gritty about oh Mariah. What, That's not what, what I signed up for on this what podcast, makes, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what gets you up in the morning? Not coffee. Not coffee. Not a coffee drinker. No, it, that's one thing to know about me. You are not a coffee. You're not a caffeine consumer. No, caffeine does you dirty. It does. It does. Yeah. Mm. Well, not me. I am See, a caffeine consumer. See, but if you tried to go off caffeine, would you be able to do it? Would it give you headaches? I feel like mm. there's an element there. I've never been called to get off of caffeine. Mm. <laughs> I actually don't drink that much. Yeah, I have yeah. a cup of coffee in the morning. Then you're usually, a tea guy the rest of the yeah, day. Yeah, but I drink a lot of herbal tea. So mm. a lot of mint tea, a lot of fruit tea. So a small amount of caffeine. A, lot of, a couple of nice red rooibuses in my office. <laughs> Which I never know if that has caffeine in it or not. It doesn't. Says it doesn't roibus, but. roibus doesn't. Um, or has a very, 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 very minimal amount. Mm. But uh, usually it's listed as non, non-caffeinated. <laughs> anyway, I just, if you're, obviously y'all are just listening to the podcast. Uh, Mariah, when I said roi- red roibus, just the eyes that she rolled. <laughs> the eye roll. <laughs> the eye roll. Yes. Kyle uh, gets a lot of those from me. <laughs> all right, Mariah. So, uh, so you're on staff. You've been on yes. staff for three years. Three years and nine months. Three years and nine months. So almost months. four, really. Whoa. Like, basically four. Time has flown. Yeah. So, Mariah, what do you uh, what do you do here on staff? Yeah, I'm one of the student ministry directors, um, focusing on the small groups ministry with the sixth through twelfth graders. Yep. Um, I get to hang out with them all week, um, every week. Well, not all week. <laughs> We're not at school over here, but yeah, I get to engage with students and equip leaders and. Um, hopefully help parents navigate teen yeah. years with their teens. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's a fun time. Gotta yeah. love those 11 through 18 year olds. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. If you ever want to, anybody who's listening, want to come hang out with them, let us know. We'd love to <laughs> create an avenue for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, we used to say when I was in student ministry, uh, and I, you know, the first, what, 14 years of my ministry career were all in student ministry directly. Man. I know, right? Oldie moldy over here. <laughs> Uh, but we always used to say that, uh, there was a study that came out years ago and is still true. Uh, it was actually done. Barna did it, another study and came out with similar results, but it's like 4.6, uh, adults. Oh, yes. Every student needs 4.6 Jesus loving adults outside love of their parents. And love Jesus. Yeah. To love them and show them how to love Jesus uh, to create a sticky faith. And, yep. and so, um, so as a dad who was a, a longtime youth pastor and now 
has a pre-adolescent daughter. next year. Yeah, my uh, Jesus loves you and my oldest has a plan for your life. You know, so we always joke. Uh, so she'll be in middle school next year, wants desperately to be in middle school right now. now. Yeah. And um, and so Man, uh, just watching those, watching those, those early adolescent uh, things coming out of her and, mm-hmm. um, and grateful for the other godly people that are in her life, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, so Mariah, thanks for making that happen. Heck yeah. And uh, parents, if you ever need resources, if you're ever in the middle or the thick of just raising teenagers, um, Mariah and Carl, they've got, they've got some great resources just to help you mm-hmm. come alongside of you. None of us are experts. None of us are you know, child or adolescent psychologists. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just trying to love Jesus and uh, and help students love Jesus uh, as we walk through uh, as we walk through life with them, right? So, um, but yes, if you ever need any help uh, or uh, just some resources, uh, let Carl and Mariah know. And uh, and if you've got if God is in this moment laid a burden on your heart to go love some teenagers, Woo-hoo. middle schoolers or high schoolers. Uh, let Mariah know, and she will find a place for Absolutely, you. Absolutely, I will. Absolutely. I can give you a little list of the specific places I'd love to have you right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Mariah. So uh, this morning we started in the book of Nehemiah. Yeah, we did. And uh, and so Nehemiah is not a book that a lot of people have probably ever ever read yeah. or ever worked through. Yeah, we know? were just talking through that. I'm yeah. not sure I've like really done any intense study of Nehemiah or even maybe even read the whole thing. I'm not sure. I've, yeah. never, I've seen a Bible project video, but <laughs> there we go. There we go. If oh, you guys, if, if you ever want a really good synopsis synopsis of the books of the Bible, just look up the Bible project. They're on, they're on the right now media. Uh, so, also, yep. so you can get a right now media subscription through the church for free, which is basically Netflix of Bible study <laughs> and, and uh, like other fun Jesus oriented things. I think veggie tales is on there. Yeah, There's veggie tales yeah. and there's like, all, there's all kinds of great mm-hmm. stuff on there. Yeah. Uh, right now media or right now media has the Bible project, but you can also just go to the YouTube Bible project or their website. Yeah. Or... And, uh, and they've got great synopsis of, of books and things like mm-hmm. that. And, uh, I was I was joking with Mariah. Yeah, Nehemiah. If we ever get into it in our own personal Bible study lives, we usually stop around chapter seven. That's where you have seventy three verses of Nehemiah just listing the exiles oh, uh, and where they came from, how many came, and it is it's just like epically hard. It's you know it's like in Luke and in Matthew yeah. when the, start the with the genealogies. genealogies. We all just fast forward to Jesus's birth. But I did a Bible study a couple of years ago, a Jen Wilkins study, and she was like, never skip the genealogies and here's why. And I was like, <laughs> okay, Jen. And I've like never, <laughs> I'm like, okay, the genealogies are there for a reason. So even if it's like not the most interesting reason, they're usually there for a purpose. So they are. That's helpful for me. I'm the, excited for us to go through chapter seven. So yeah. I can understand the purpose of the 73 verses of names in Nehemiah. Yeah. I promise you we won't read all 73 verses in service. <laughs> that's probably, that's probably smart. a lot of really hard. Smart. Someone could like, it could like be like scrolling on the screen behind you. as Like we're in going Star Wars? Yeah, there the you galaxy go. Galaxy far, far. We just far. will read it before the <laughs> service starts. <laughs> that's a good idea. Oh, these are great ideas. Yeah. These are great ideas. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and that's, I think it's, it, it is true. There, the genealogies, the lists are there for for a reason, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, even though we may not see it in our, because right. we with our modern eyes, with our mm-hmm. modern eyes, um, and this is another phrase that Mariah will roll her eyes at, um, <laughs> probably right. I always uh, this was this was drilled into me, but when we read when we read books of the Bible, every every book has a, a oh, context. Yes. So every text has a context, or a text without a context is a pretext, pretext for a. Proof text, proof text, right? Yeah. So we don't understand the context of what we're reading. Uh, we are really liable or at risk to make it say whatever we want it to mm-hmm. say. 
And, um, and so that's, that's what was drilled into me in seminary and, uh, Trinity and every, uh, attack without a me every time I hear in the hallways. Uh (laughs) Yep. Yep. She avoids me now, you know? Oh, Oh, so, so we're going to be diving in the book of Nehemiah and getting the context and looking at it. And, and, uh, and it is really interesting of how God, these, these, Old, old books. So Nehemiah is living 400 years before Jesus, mm-hmm. right? We're 2,000 plus years removed from mm-hmm. Jesus. So we're like 2,500 years removed from Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. Yet the the truth of Nehemiah still has relevance for us yeah. today. And um, and one of the one of the questions that, that came up here this morning, um, and love, first, both, you know, here's we walk through these questions, like they're just so vulnerable mm-hmm. and they're honest yeah. and they're open. It's what I love a part of this as doing, doing part of this here is being able to wrestle through these things. But so the question came in and said this, uh, you said Nehemiah is relevant to any kind of rebuilding. Do you think this applies to relationship rebuilding? Mm-hmm. I asked this question from the perspective of remembering broken relationships in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, a again, what a phenomenally yeah. vulnerable question. Like, thank you. Whoever texted that in, um, it, Thank you for texting that in. Thank you for asking that question, because that is that is part of what we're we're working through here. And yeah. I think I gave that opening opening quote. Um, it's actually from a guy named Dr. Eric Mason, and he uh, it's on his commentary on on Nehemiah. And and he's and it, I think he's, he's he's right here is that God wants to rebuild. God mm-hmm. wants to redo. God wants to yeah. restore every facet of our lives. Now we experience that restoration work in part now long for the completion yeah, of that work in the age to come when Jesus comes back. And, um, and, and yet when we looked at all those other spheres that he referenced, our communities, our churches, our families, all of it, our cities, all of it comes in the context of relationship, mm-hmm. right? We're all in every one of those contexts. We are interacting with people. So, so Mariah, as you think about this question, what are just some principles of godly relational mm-hmm. reconciliation? Mm-hmm. Right, of yeah. broken relationships being restored. Because yeah. I think we can we can affirmatively answer the maybe the, the top level question here of mm-hmm. does this apply to broken relationships? Yes. yes absolutely. It does. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's but there's a there's a below the waterline question mm-hmm. here um, as as they're acknowledging and saying, I, I'm thinking of relationships in my life. Mm-hmm. Past yeah. broken relationships in my life. Maybe current re- broken relationships in my life. We all have those. Mm-hmm. So in your in your mind, in your life, in your experience, Mariah, what have been some principles yeah. or some patterns or practices of, of of relationship reconciliation and restoration? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the things that I'm just thinking about as you're saying this was your other three points of the reckoning with the past and mm-hmm. repenting in the present yeah. um, and making way, f- moving forward in the future, um, yeah. whatever the word legal was for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just thinking about the impact that broken relationships can kind of continually have. And even um, as yeah. you were talking through how sin isn't just a me or you or a current thing. It's also, a, it's also the past and looking at yeah. the, the, the layers of things that can impact over time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's me, it's we, it's, and it's them. them. Yeah. Looking back even beyond what I had any hand in. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I think that there's just so much when you look at all of that together, just thinking about relationally, the, um, impact that it has to be able to reckon with your past and yeah. to say, I want to, I want to sit down and look at this. Yeah. I want to look at these relationships. And if there's anything I can do in yeah. the moment now to, um, to reckon with that, to repent, mm-hmm. um, to seek out forgiveness, um, or even to, to, 
to offer forgiveness. Yeah. Um, I think that that can just be so hugely influential um, in moving forward. Yeah, it yeah. is. I mean, they talk about in scripture all the time. I mean, we have um, when um, he calls us, he says, if you're going to go to the temple and, and make a sacrifice, mm-hmm. but you are not um, in relationship with your brother, if there's if there's any conflict between the two of you, yeah. like, go, leave, don't come here. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't go to God's house to worship. Yes. Before you go and make it right with, yes. your, with your brother or your mm-hmm. sister. Go right? reconcile. Yeah. Um, and I, man, I've just been thinking about that so much um, in my own life of, man, are there, are there things that are inhibiting me from properly worshiping God because I'm harboring resentment, resentment or anger or even just like confused relationships with people around me? Yeah. Um, and just really being attentive to that and asking that question of like, what, what has been and is there anything that I can do Mm -hmm. Um, in order to move forward. And I think, I think a huge part of that is forgiveness. Um, and even thinking about broken relationships, like they, what do they say? They say like unforgiveness isn't hurting anybody but you. Mm. Um, cause that idea of like, I got to put that in a sermon sometime. (laughs) Because there's, there's so many, there's so many instances in life where, um, actually by not forgiving someone, they, they don't care. They hurt you. Um, or maybe they, yeah, they do care or whatever, but they've maybe moved on or, um, that kind of thing. But by not forgiving you're, you're allowing something to fester and just continue to be um, hurting you over and over again. And so, um, and ultimately like it, unforgiveness does impact your relationship with the Lord. Oh yeah. Um, an unforgiving heart. And so, um, and there's a difference between forgiveness and saying what someone did is okay. There's a big difference in those things. Yeah. We've talked about that Mm -hmm. here in the past, right? When when I say I forgive you or when you say, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. you're acknowledging that there was something wrong Wrong that happened. And when I say I, I forgive you, I'm not saying that that thing that you did was that was wrong right. is is okay. Right. I'm saying we both acknowledge mm-hmm. that it was wrong yep. and we don't want to do that ever no. again. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean there's even I think a lot of times like with like kids or stuff or just other people you're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. it's okay." It's like yeah. actually it's not and that's probably not, not actually a helpful thing to teach people yeah. because ultimately our relationships with people Um, how we interact in those things can sometimes reflect how we interact with God. Yeah. And by like, God had to forgive, God forgave us. And um, he didn't say it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He, he forgave us and, and he still chose to, to invite us into his family and all of these things. But yeah, yeah, sin is not okay. And (laughs) God's not like, yeah, your sin, no big deal. No big deal. Yeah. I'm still going to send my son to the cross though. It's not really a big deal, but you know, no, no, it's a, it's a massively big deal. Yeah. It's a, it's Mm -hmm. a significant action of rebellion Yeah, and that needed a significant payment Mm -hmm. to, to restore it. Um, I, I, I love that Mariah, as you, you know, as you're unpacking that part of reconciliation is a, is an introspection personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do I need to own? Mm -hmm. Right. Because you can only control yourself. Yeah. In in an action <laughs> Your of own reconciliation, feelings, actions and beliefs is yeah, all you can control. That's, that's all you can control, yep. and and reconciliation is a two way street. Yeah, it requires both parties mm-hmm. to be willing to do that mm-hmm. internal work. Yep. So that the external work of the relationship can be yep. restored. Yep. It requires both parties to say, "I'm sorry, I was wrong, yep. and I forgive you. I won't hold it against you." Yep. Right. Um, so I, I think I think that's. You're, you're so right. We thought when we think about reconciliation within relationships and yes, Nehemiah is all about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's about any rebuilding work that, mm-hmm. that we yearn to do with and for God. Mm-hmm. 
What part do I own? Yep. It's, it's his confession. Even if it's small or even if yeah. it's big. Like sometimes like, I didn't do anything wrong in this situation. So yeah. Like, maybe not, but is there any small thing? Yeah. Is there any small thing? Because those, yeah. yeah. It's good to, good to reflect because we're not perfect. No, no we're not. We're not perfect by any means. And so, um, yeah. And, and if people have done significantly wrong mm-hmm. things to us, yeah. again, this forgiveness is not a license. Forgiveness no. is not a means to perpetuate mm-hmm. abuse or Absolutely mistreatment yeah. uh, or victimization, right? Like those things are never okay. Mm-hmm. When, when wrong things happen to us, they're never okay. Yep. And, um, you know, so, so yeah, first step is introspection. I mean, Jesus tells us, Matthew chapter 18, when you're, when you have a conflict with a brother, mm-hmm. first go to him, mm-hmm. address yep. it. But when you go to a brother or a sister mm-hmm. that you're in conflict with, make sure you're doing a little self-check yep. first yep. too, right? Mm-hmm. Own your part. Yep. And then if a brother or sister doesn't want to, to reconcile, mm-hmm. uh, all right, well, you've done your work. Jesus yep. gives us an escalation plan yeah. that, yep. gets, that gets uncomfortable because you're like, well, then bring a few more with. Bring some witnesses. Then take them before the entire body. So Jesus is talking about Jesus following people, yep. God loving yep. people. It, like we don't want to ever get to that place yep. where you have to go, well, actually, yeah. you know, this is a public discourse now. Um, but I think, yeah, like you said, uh, God makes a priority for us to yeah. walk in reconciliation and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing too. I remember when we were in the book of Acts, mm-hmm. like Paul and Barnabas. Yeah. Right? There comes a point in time where you go, hey, I forgive you. I'm not going to hold it against you, but we just need a break. Yeah. Sometimes reconciliation isn't that we're ever going to be best friends again. Yeah. Forgiveness doesn't mean that we're going to be best friends mm-hmm. again. Yep. Right. Uh, Paul and Barnabas, they go separate ways. And then we hear Paul later yeah. on talk about Barnabas, mm-hmm. talk about John Mark. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and go, I'm thankful for yeah. them. You know, so that's yeah. post conflict mm-hmm. with Barnabas and John Mark. Yeah. Um, but it's okay also in reconciliation yeah. to say we may never be best friends and yeah. things may not be the same way they were in the past. Which I think is what makes it distinctly different to, experience forgiveness among the body mm-hmm. of believers yes because there's a difference between um like broken relationships this question that we're riffing off of yeah maybe a little far from the question but um it's it's more than just saying um how do we regain those relationships yeah and more of saying how do how do we get to a place where we're all all parties involved are able to glorify god rightly yeah and with like whole hearts um without harboring anger in our hearts that like clearly is pulling part of ourselves away yeah. from worshiping god yeah um and again, yeah, it may not mean like, okay, now we're best friends, but can I look at them and what they're doing for the kingdom and say, praise God. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and do that, not like in a cynical way, not do that and be like, praise God. In but also they're way. like, I'm still really annoyed at them, but like yeah. really like praise God for that. And like that relationship had a place in my life and yeah. I'm grateful to the Lord for that, that he made them and that, oh yeah. my goodness, this makes me think of a story. So the other day <laughs> I was talking to someone. Welcome to story time with Mariah. <laughs> but she was this is like an eight, eight year old girl and she was just having a hard time. I don't know how old she was somewhere in elementary school. And basically her grandma was like, as long as you can get to the place, she like her brother had done something and she just didn't want to forgive him or something. Yeah. And her grandma was like, well, you need to say something nice about him before we move on to the next thing. Yeah. Or and, um, she said something along the lines of like, she got to the place where she was like, 
I'm happy that God made you or like that you're a child of God. And I was like, even that, like we can say that we can say, I'm happy. Good guy loves the Lord. I'm so glad you're a child of God um, or that he made you. Um, Cause yeah, even, yeah. Those who don't know and love Jesus, like I'm glad that he made you. Yeah. (laughs) Even if, even if, yeah, there's been, been conflict or or pain. Like you can always say that about someone. Yeah. 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 And I love the way that you said that earlier here in this conversation was that, the goal of reconciliation mm-hmm. is that for, for believers mm-hmm. is that we can get back to glorifying God yeah. together. Mm-hmm. That may not mean that we're best friends. Yep. That may mean we go to separate churches, <laughs> right? But that we're not harboring resentment mm-hmm. or bitterness against one another, that we can praise God for one another mm-hmm. and we can glorify God uh, yeah. together, yeah. Uh, even though it might not be in the same room, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, love the, I love the way you said that. I think it's a helpful freedom because so often we think about reconciliation yeah. or Faith, we go to this. It's just just this very sort of like perfectionism performance place. Yeah, you know, and like the people pleasing elements of us, where we're yeah. like, oh, everyone has to like us, and I have to. Like yeah. it's like it's not about me. Yeah, I don't need my relationships to be glorifying me. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. need them to be ultimately bringing glory to God. So, Amen. Yeah, Amen. When we pursue God's glory, we'll find mm-hmm. our greatest good along the way. Amen. Well, in that, along those lines, as we are pursuing God's glory, I think part of this morning, what we also talked about were patterns of habitual sin. And so this, mm-hmm. this next question is, is, is another big question. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we just, we riffed deep and off that <laughs> other question. Uh, but again, love the vulnerability of, of this multi-part question here. And uh, so here it says this, I, if I know that certain things such as being tired and wanting to be held lead to lustful thoughts and sexual actions that I know are sinful, so don't glorify God, and I desire to move away from, uh, then how do I break those habits? Uh, and then the question goes on to make a statement here and said, especially if I know uh, they lead to physical boundaries with my boyfriend getting broken because there's also that desire, uh, that desire for those things, even though I know that they're wrong or they're not God honoring, right? Uh, a, love the vulnerability yeah. and the honesty of this question. Yeah. Um, the gospel is that none of us are perfect. Amen. That all of us were created for a, a, a greater purpose, and that greater purpose is to is to live in and give, exalt the glory of God, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. To enjoy God uh, for all of our days. And so love the honesty of this question that says, I, I want to glorify God, yeah. even in this area that feels like I just can't get victory, mm-hmm. right? And so um, so let's, let's deal with the question specifically, and then we'll dive yeah, into the question because bit. because really you could insert any habitual sin into Absolutely. this pattern right mm-hmm. and go how do i get over it so um so yeah, i think i think beginning i love the acknowledgement here uh being tired and a a a feeling a need mm-hmm. of being held some of us have uh the five love languages yeah. one of them is physical touch yep. right um and babies uh in childhood mm-hmm. psychology if, if babies, touch, yeah, if babies aren't held in the first two years of their lives, uh, especially in the first like six months, mm-hmm. especially, it is significantly detrimental to a child's psychological uh, development. Development, yeah, like, like their brain know, actually doesn't create certain synapses. And yeah, stuff. yeah. So we know that we need touch and we mm-hmm. need to be held. Some people mm-hmm. like that more. Some people like that less. <laughs> right. I'm not a big hugger, but you know, you know, other people are. Yeah, you know, and if you want to hug, I'll give you a hug. But. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, so so in that, um, yeah, Mariah, as, as you as you hear this question, what would you what, what's your mm-hmm. advice or your thoughts yeah. on it? I feel like this. Um, 
idea of, okay, am I even aware is such mm-hmm. a helpful th- place yes. to even start. Cause I know today you, this morning you shared like when I'm tired, when I'm hungry, when I'm overwhelmed. And I was like, amen. <laughs> amen to oh that. my gosh. I was like, man, it's, it's amazing how much like our physical bodies impact the way that yeah. we're able to make decisions on kind of thing. Yeah. So that's for sure. Being able to acknowledge what are, is there a pattern? Even acknowledging that there's a pattern is yes. such a huge place to start. Yeah. Um, but then I also was thinking, I'm like, man, you need to invite people in. Yes. Um, you need to invite the Lord in, in yeah. prayer. I mean, maybe yeah. it's like, man, every time that I'm tired or every time that I sense this deep desire, this deep need, I need to acknowledge that God ultimately is the only one who can fulfill it in a way yeah. that is like whole and meaningful. Yeah. Right. And so again, not to say we don't need people, but if you're like, man, Lord, like, I just feel like I need a hug right now or whatever. Um, sharing that with him. I mean, yeah. he's, no, <laughs> it's, it's amazing how he can like meet those needs in a way that's healthy and good. And when we share that with him, he's yeah. like, wants, he wants to answer that. Cause he knows, yes. he knows that we need those things. Yeah. Um, even though he's like physically not here with us. Um, and then the other is inviting other people in. Um, yeah. I think the, the big word, this maybe spiritual, maybe not word that people use, um, is accountability, but, yeah. Even just like the idea of saying, Hey, friends, people around me who love me. Yeah. Um, I am, I struggle at this point. Um, yeah. or even like letting the other person in this scenario know, like, yeah, let your, uh, boyfriend or girlfriend know like, Hey, yeah. when we're, when we're at this place, this is really hard for me. Yeah. Um, when I, when we're tired and we're both sitting on the couch at the end of a day, it's very hard for me not to be engaging in this one way. Yeah. So communicating about that, opening up about that can be so helpful. Um, cause when someone else knows it's not, Oh, what did you say this morning of like, if it's not hidden, uh, like when it's so, oh, like, yeah, shame, sin causes shame. Yep. Shame forces us to hide. Yep. Hiding, uh, perpetuates or, um, it, 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 it increases yeah. our pain. Yeah, right? absolutely. It, 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 so that yeah. was what you said. Yeah. And I think, man, it's confession is so hard. Confessing mm-hmm. in is. community is. is so hard. Um, we're not used to it. We're not comfortable with it. We don't do it often enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but really having people in your life who you can confess yeah. to and to say, Hey, I need to be honest about this. Cause even hearing this question, yeah. I'm like, man, so vulnerable, so honest, yeah. but it doesn't like it's, it's a, it could have been written by half a dozen, a dozen of de- dozens of people. It, it, everybody that was here this morning, yeah. everybody that takes us in online, everybody yeah. that calls Jesus savior, right? We can just go, okay, so Maybe it's not the physical, the physical mm-hmm. tension or, or lustful thoughts or, uh, but right, even specifically right. that, like yeah. there are many, many oh. people who struggle with this. Many, many, oh. many, many people. Again, that's why, I mean, it's, it's why I love first Corinthians 10, 13. Mm-hmm. When we look around, we tend to individualize. Absolutely. And we go, well, no one really struggles the way that I struggle mm-hmm. or no one struggles with what I struggle yeah. with. Yeah. Oh. Which is not true. Your <laughs> sin and your struggle and your scenario and your mm-hmm. situation is unique, unique to yeah. you. Yes. But there's nothing new under the sun. No. And when you're in a church as large as ours, or when you're in any group of yeah. any group of believers, yeah. just look around the room yeah. and somebody is struggling with yeah. some version of what yep. you're struggling with. And any right? person who's gotten to a place where they're able to share openly and vulnerable about those things mm-hmm. will conf- will admit out loud. They will say, by sharing these things, there have been other people who have come oh, and, yeah. and communicated to me that this, that they're struggling with the same thing. Yeah. And so Satan loves to get us uh, thinking wants, that we're the only ones. He wants us, he wants to get us away on oh our my own goodness, yes. and whisper in our, whisper in our ears, a, we have some sort of perceived level of authority. Yeah. You are, you can be better than you are. Mm. And then when, when our sin comes crashing down on us, he goes, nobody will understand. Mm. Yeah. Nobody knows. You're all alone in this. And the answer, I mean, the reality of that is, A, no, we don't have the perceived level of authority. Only God has authority over. Yep. And B, we're not alone. 
Amen. Right? You're not alone. And and Jesus has paid it all. He's mm-hmm. put his honor on us, so mm-hmm. we don't have to bear that shame, which means we don't have to hide. Mm-hmm. And we can confess that sin to yep. God, First John. Yep. If we confess our sins to our Father in heaven, he's faithful, faithful to, and just. He's faithful to forgive us, right? So you have all of that. But I, I, th- I love what you said, too, is like bring other people into yes. it. And just begin, you know, begin to go, okay, take the spaces away. Yeah. Right? <laughs> If I know I'm tempted to do this thing mm-hmm. in that space, take it away. Mm-hmm. Take it off the table. Off the table. If I right? want to kick and scream every time I every time I'm hungry. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I don't know. Like there's like maybe just carry around a granola bar. Yeah. Like Right. That. Or maybe before I go into a conversation and yeah. realize I'm kind of hungry. I need a, I should I need not a granola go, bar. Yeah. I'm not gonna be my best self yeah. in this meeting, right? Yeah. Or in this interaction. Yeah. Um you know, uh, right. It's, it's identifying, okay, I might not be able to avoid that situation yeah. or that person at work, mm-hmm. but how can I prepare myself yep. to not yeah. enter into bitterness yep. or anger mm-hmm. yeah. or gossip, mm-hmm. right? Like if it's gossip that I struggle with, mm-hmm. gospel is gossip's a we sin. Yep. It's a absolutely. me sin and a we it's sin. Absolutely it's a, sin. It's an individual sure. sin and a corporate sin. Mm-hmm. Well, if I struggle with gossip, maybe I stop going to the water cooler. Yep. Or we address it among the people who are there. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, depending it, on it, what it, they're... If, yeah. it's, if you're all believers and all yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, right. Yeah. So part of it, the question is, okay, again, love the honesty, love the vulnerability mm-hmm. going, hey, here are, the, here are the legitimate needs yep. that I have. Yeah. Identify your legitimate needs. Mm-hmm. Okay. What are the ways that those can be fulfilled in, in, a, in, in a holy and God honoring yeah. way? Yeah. Who are the people in my life that can help me? Yep. And what are the situations or scenarios or moments that need to be taken off the table? Yeah. Right. Yep. I mean, that's what Jesus. I mean, he said, you know, hey, if your if your eye causes you to stumble, yep. pluck, pluck it out. It out. <laughs> now he's not being literal there, but he's saying, look, we were created to know and love and honor God. Yeah. We need to take this stuff seriously yeah. and and like super seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and that's, and that's what you hear Nehemiah's confession this morning. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a me, it's a we, and it's a them. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. how many of us don't believe that sin is generational? Yeah. And yet when I look at, when I look at my life, mm-hmm. um, you can do a thing called a geneogram. It's a, it's a study Whoa. of your family tree. Mm-hmm. Like do a geneogram and, uh, and you start breaking down, oh, patterns of brokenness yep. within your family. Yep. Yep. Not just, not just like, oh, that person was a silversmith yep. and how cool is that? Yeah. But actually like relational yep. patterns within your family, go back a couple generations and you'll probably wind up going, oh, the reason I struggle with abandonment mm. is because so-and-so was abandoned and I can begin to perpetuate, I can see, see how that, how that happened over perpetuated mm-hmm. through generations. Mm-hmm. Or the reason that I struggle with performance mm. Or performance identity stuff, you know, like I am what I create, yeah. I am what I do, is because generations past, mm-hmm. that was that was the mantra, yeah. right? Uh, or the dysfunction of relationships. Mm-hmm. If you spend some time thinking about yeah. how the past has impacted you, Nehemiah's confession today yeah. goes, oh yeah, our sin is historical. Yeah, it is. It is a them thing too. Yeah, and that's something we can pray through and over. Yeah. I mean, I have a good friend who, um, she's like looked back over her life and seen marriages that have been broken in different ways over the last number of generations. And she's like, I'm fervently praying that that doesn't happen for me. And just like praying that the Lord breaks that, um, in her family. (laughs) Um, and I think like, that's such a tangible one, but Mm -hmm. yeah, there's so many intent, like anger or like, there's just so many things that you can see where things get passed on the line. Um, 
and there's <laughs> there we're we're very individual society. So we're yes, like, we oh are. well, I'm just me, and I, nothing. What's yeah. nothing's impacting me other than me? It's like yeah. no, that's I a I came into this as a blank canvas. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, you didn't. No, no, you didn't. But we can, and I yeah, over all of this, like pray, because even when mm-hmm. you were saying like yeah. we think like Satan lies and says that we have authority, like we can break that lie by praying. Yeah. <laughs> we can break that lie by saying, Lord, I acknowledge that like the, the habitual things in me yeah. that are, that are broken and that are messy. Um, I, I want you to be in authority over that. I yeah. don't, I don't have any power over it. Clearly. Yeah. I get a little bit tired and a little bit hungry and I am, <laughs> I am not and, in a good spot. And Kyle turns into a toddler. <laughs> oh my goodness. But man, we can, mm-hmm. we can just be fervently praying without yeah. ceasing over those things and and knowing that yeah. he has a plan for it even i think that there's sometimes too that we're like well i have these needs and desires and yeah. i have to get them met it's like yeah. okay do you think that the lord of the universe created you with these desires and didn't know how to meet them because he for Oof. sure did <laughs> that's a truth bomb so yeah man yeah. there is just yeah we can we can go to him for that and that's not to shame anyone or be like you should be praying what are you doing but no but yeah, yeah, I think the reality is this, is that we struggle through these yeah. things. And as we pray through yeah. them, the other the other aspect of prayer is not just a prayer of deliverance. Lord, mm-hmm. save me from yeah. or get me out of. But it is a, Lord, remind me yeah. when I had victory. Yeah. I, 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 had a, um, I have often joked this uh, from the front, and I joke, but I believe it sincerely, is mm. that my four years at Trinity were part of my psychological training there <laughs> was four years of therapy. Mm. And Dr. Robinson reminded me, Kyle, there are things that you're just going to struggle with for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. There are things that are going to come back. You, you're going to have victory over them. Yeah. Then in a new season, they're going to come. They're going to come back up yeah. in a different way yep. because of a different thing. You had yep. victory. Remember the victory you had. Yeah. Don't get waylaid by the defeat. Yeah. Right, and that's what Nehemiah does here. He remembers the victory that he's had, that his people have had rooted in God's faithful, loyal love. So when we, when we want to defeat sin, generational sin, habitual sin, A, identify your, your, the normal needs that you have. And, and are your needs aren't sin. Yeah. Right. This is true. The way we go about meeting them can Can become sin. Yeah. Right. But God's given you needs and desires Mm -hmm. that when we fulfill them in a godly way, bring God glory. Yep. Right. Absolutely. So identify that need. Maybe it's a need for security. Mm. Maybe it's a need for touch. Maybe it's a need for affirmation. Yep. Right. Whatever that need is, identify that need. Identify the places yep. and the times and the things that you go. Oh, I fall into a pattern mm-hmm. of sin in there. Yeah. Get those. Get those environments off the table. Yep. Get people to help you with it. And I promise you, and you've said it, Mariah. If you feel like nobody understands, they, they do. do. People do. Right. Absolutely. And uh, and so. Um, so get people to help you with it, but also, as you said, be praying, yeah, Yeah. be praying. And as you're praying, yes, deliverance, Mm -hmm. yes, Lord, me, give me a way out, but also Lord, remind me of how you've been faithful and how you've given me victory, Yep. you know? And, uh, so we can celebrate those things. Mm -hmm. I think the, probably the last thing I want to say on that too, is like celebrate, man, it is so good to, to be reminded of the, when God is giving victory and I love I'm a journaler. I'm not always the most consistent with it, but there have been seasons in my life where I'm like, I just need to write down all the things that the either I'm praying for yeah. or the th- ways that the Lord has answered those prayers. And so yeah. I love to flip back from my journals and find like yeah. lists of things that I'm like, man, these were just like hard things mm-hmm. or like heavy things that I just was like really asking the Lord for. And then be like, whoa, yeah. 
he for sure answered those things or being able to make a list of like, man, this is something that's been coming up in my life, a habitual thing. And, and I'm able to see over and over again, how God has delivered me from that. And so, um, man, celebrate those things, talk about those things, um, praise God for those things. Um, in in the old Testament, we call it making an Ebenezer. Yes. Like like literally creating a a physical reminder, an Ebenezer stone, an Ebenezer, uh, an altar there of God's faithfulness. Yep. Uh, and I closed, I closed second service this way. I didn't close first service this way. Um, I know sp- spirit moved me a different way, like that. but, uh, I closed second service by saying if Nehemiah can confront and reckon with the past yeah, and know that God still loves him mm. and just go read the old Testament, it yeah. is fundamentally messed up. Yeah. Fundamentally Life with brokenness, broken, mm-hmm. you know, like, like dad had a couple wives and this oh, was this, man. you know, his favorite child. And you're like, well, no wonder it was completely jacked up. You know, yeah. like no wonder your family line was broken. And, um, and, oh, you took one of those guys and you renamed him Israel and you know, <laughs> made your own covenant people out of his family line. Oh, like, goodness. okay, here we go. Um, if Nehemiah can reckon with the sin of his past mm-hmm. and the sin of his people's past mm-hmm. and go, I know God still loves me, mm-hmm. you know, friends, we can reckon with the sin yeah. of our past and go, yeah. God still loves us. Yeah. He still loves us and yep. we can still move forward yep. in faithfulness by simply doing the next right godly thing. Not mm-hmm. getting overwhelmed, nope. not overcomplicating it, just doing the next right godly thing. Makes yep. me think of like uh, when you wouldn't do your all your readings for college and you're like, mm. oh my gosh, now I have to read chapter one and chapter two and chapter three. Who, who read books in college? <laughs> Whoops. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you don't have to go back and, yeah. and change and fix all of those things, but yeah. be faithful what's in front of you. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, love, love these questions. Love the vulnerability that came in and just the Absolutely. Mariah. Thanks for digging deep into, into these questions there. They're oh, multi-layered, yeah. uh, great questions mm-hmm. here. And we love interacting around God's word in this way because we want to create and foster dialogue around God's word because we believe that it's powerful enough to change our lives and our hearts. Amen. Amen. Well, we'll see you next Sunday. Uh, remember, service is at 930 in the gym. Yes. Inspire Sunday. It's going to be a party. Week two in our Nehemiah series. See you then.